0: This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 861, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. This is my co host Josh Flanagan, and this is iFanBoy Pick the Week, episode 861. Hey there. Hello. I feel like this is, this is no disrespect to, to Dr. Reinhop. I feel like last week was like practice because uh, you had a thing that popped up that you had to leave for. So the whole, the whole show, I had my eye on the clock and I was not really relaxed.
1: It was so unprofessional, and I apologize to everyone.
0: No, no, I was just saying, It's saying like, I, I was distracted the whole time because I was nervous about you, be, you know, being late, so I was sure half paying attention to the conversation, half watching the clock, and it wasn't until after you left that I got to relax and do the really? show. Really? Well, I hope you had fun. I hope you did a good <laughs> was, job after I was gone.
1: Was,
0: so I'm, I'm, that was just a warm-up. We're, we're back. Now we're back. Now we're back. So, let's have some fun. And every week one of us picks the book they like the best from the stack of the comics. We call it the pick of the week. We're going to answer talk about that book. We're going to talk about other books in the week, the patron pick, the listener mail if we have time. And here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show, so just be cautious.
1: And this week, Josh, you had the pick of the week. I did. I had the pick of this week. And the pick of the week this week here specifically is, hey, before I say it, let no. Yeah. Uh, The Avengers War Against Time number 1. Um I yeah. saw this in the <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw yeah. this in the uh, lists and I thought what is that some sort of cuz Marvel does a lot of reprints. They do a lot of facsimile editions. They put yeah. stuff out from the past and it looked to me like this is some old collection of Avenger stories from the 60s or early 70s Well, uh, going, going back d-
0: even further they, they've been doing so many of little things around the end of Jason Aaron's run before I even saw right. the cover I thought, oh, this is another tie-in. Because because Jason Aaron's sure. thing is, is basically a, a war across time, too, right? It's mm-hmm. just like... Yeah,
1: that's true. Oh, this is war across time.
0: Not against So time, I, I checked,
1: time. look at the details, and I see Paul Levitz and Alan Davis, and I think, well, this can't be new. <laughs> but it is, in fact, new, but only in that it was published th- this week. Other than well, that... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's a I mean, it comic... Takes place. After, after avengers 11
1: right so 60. in the 60s yeah and it and it and it makes no that's where it is what it is it makes no no uh excuses it doesn't try to update this is the 60s there are men in the middle age talking about the big war um <laughs> it's Every man. And, and it's haven't heard from paul levitt's in a while and the fact is when he was doing a lot of work i was not uh i was not a reader who appreciated that enough and, um, also I was excited to see Alan Davis cause I haven't in a while. Um, and you know, seeing, and he, he, he colored, he, I'm sorry, he inked, uh, and drew it himself, not his, uh, longtime partner, Mark Farmer. Um, which is interesting cause is, you know, some of these guys age, uh, you, you see some of it start to slip, but at the same time you can also see the same old genius that was there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, you mentioned that to me, uh, you know, earlier in the week and. Uh, I, the only thing I saw was I feel like without Mark Farmer, it, it was a little less smooth. But I didn't see, I didn't really think he, you know, it wasn't like he lost a step, really. It, I just, think they were, it looks it slightly a, different. And you should, usually without the ink, it looks a little bit more hard lined. I I and think I think,
1: think that case. most of it looks that way. But there are bits here and there, the panels. And I think that some of the characters tend to look a little more squat. But I also think he was sort of drawing them in the style of the time. Like there was One just thing a... he
0: didn't lose is the is the is the hair. I mean, I guess no. it makes sense if it takes place in the 60s, but everyone's hair is really out of place.
1: I really I really tend to think that like like when I think of Alan Davis, what I think of is the word smooth. Yes. And that's probably more, more Mark Farmer than anything, but everything has a sort of liquidity to yes, it. Yes,
0: exactly. Yes.
1: Um and and that's that's lacking a a little bit. But but either way, like as a as a piece as a whole like this accomplished its goal exactly and i had a ton of fun reading it because it was not laden with anything other than you know making good old-fashioned superhero comics
0: yeah i mean this this was my pick of the week as well and i read this uh almost at the end of of my stack and i had a fairly large stack I, i had at least 20 books this week and um I was so happy reading this. First of all, <laughs> it's it's a great era of Avengers. I know it's very early the run, but they they almost had like three lineups by this point. Mm-hmm. And then the middle reveal that is that the villain is Kang. And,
1: and like uh, I, th- I think this was right after Kang's first appearance. I'm I'm not sure. Or I don't right know before. that. Answer. I was going to
0: pull out my Avengers on the bus and check, but then things happened and I I, I had to go to the doctor. Um but uh <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then things happened and I had to go to the doctor moving along. Listen. Um, uh,
0: leave him with that. What her leave segment I broke my toe. So um but it was just so much fun where so you know Kang they've just come from defeating Kang's Spider-Man robot and so they've come back to to Manhattan through a portal and Kang is pissed so he he takes over the Hulk the Hulk being one of the original members of the team and has them has the Hulk attack the Avengers. So this Avengers team,
1: I mean. No, you can no, see he had like, he had the Hulk's heart because he's in the future. Right. And he put it in a robot. That's right. That's right. Uh, so this team, it's
0: on the cover, but it's Captain America, Thor, Ant Man, Giant Man, Ant Man, uh, Wasp, and Iron Man. And I I love I really love the the Thor redesign, but there's a panel here where you know Thor standing and spinning his hammer with the classic Kirby yellow booted mm-hmm. costume, and I was just like,
1: yes. Oh, the, this the, that Thor costume the back stuff. then, I I just like that was one of the first designs that I ever recognized was a design. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that I had the word for it, but I thought that looks cool, and it always has. Like, like it never. It kind of looks old now because we've been looking at all the new stuff, but it doesn't look dumb. It looks those boots, those the things on top of the boots, whatever those are supposed to be. I always love that element. Uh, um, uh,
0: you mean the rat? I mean, it, it's like. Those Clearly, knees. he's got like wraps around his legs, but that was never really drawn yeah. that way. But um,
1: whatever that little flap is on the knees
0: <laughs> that, everybody uh, back then had big knee flaps—just a lot of mud flying around the Marvel I mean, universe. I
1: think, if nothing else, like it just was a—it was a great design element to make those people stand out from regular people. I think, mm-hmm. and I think that's why Captain America and you know Hawkeye—they had those big boots. Uh, big you know, floppy boots. It's just because it looked great in a design sense it, it broke things up it didn't make them look like normal people um i don't know but i was always attracted to it anyway you know you just have uh, you know it's hulk versus the avengers but uh-huh. it's you know and it's in manhattan like it's squarely in the city like they're in front of radio city at one yeah. part they go down and th- one of the weirdest choices they made <laughs> is that they needed they needed to i thought they were going to try to get hulk away from people but instead they lured him into the subway which I was like, that's a that's an interesting public safety choice. Well, first and,
0: first it was the Rockefeller Center uh, ice rink, where, where they tried to get him off balance. And then that's where they allow Iron Man to use his roller skates.
1: Which doesn't make sense, because <laughs> it's ice. But move along. <laughs> no,
0: but you're right. It, it had this ineffable feeling of early Marvel that I, I was struggling to put my finger on, but like... The the very specific time and place works really well. You know, all of you mentioned it before. Like all of the middle aged men that they that you know they, the action flies by. mention the war, like mm-hmm. every one of them. Uh, Captain America is still a man out of time here. The women all you know think he's handsome, and they're all giggly around him. And the wasp is just thirsty for
1: everyone. And the, just see, that was really interesting too. Because very much like that, it, if you had that character. Like that now, it's strange, but it was also strange then because she's very forward. So this is like a '60s version of a liberated woman. Oh, for sure. And I thought that was an interesting choice to to just lean into it fully. And, and she's a not a cuckolded husband, yeah, who will eventually explode. Um. <laughs> it hasn't. They haven't ruined this Hank Pym yet,
0: right? It, it. You're no, but I was so happy reading this, and I, you know, Paul Levitt's. One of the most underrated important people in the history of comics. Yes, um, this was a, this is really well written. I, I mean, this wasn't just a pure you know throwback nostalgia play. This was mm-hmm. a really solid action, old school action comic that moves. You know, it really mm-hmm. moves. It moves like crazy. There's always something going on on this page, and but it never sacrifices character or. You know, any, any kind of depth that you want. I mean, this is a very old school comic in which, you know, most comics now it's like conversations amongst characters, and I we, and I like it. But here it's just like action, 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 and the character stuff is revealed through the action. It was that's true. Like,
1: and and I I'm remembering like when we were growing up and reading comics, like the characters were all pretty well defined, but yeah. done through here. Mm -hmm. like 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 done through what was happening not them having conversations in the break room afterwards so like thor shows up out of uh, not out of nowhere but he wasn't in the scene and they've got the hulk and they want to talk to him and he just smashes his with his his um with his hammer you know And he's like if it was a monster he goes to valhalla you know we don't he was an avenger we respect him and and that again that's just like a little character choice like we're not playing around here with this uh you know all of them did that. All of them were really well defined as different people without sort of stopping to do it separately. Yeah. That's a really good point. I like that. And, and you know, I made this pick really not in consideration of the Kang in here. Cause that was good. It didn't, it wasn't the thing that stuck with me, but as I sort of was flipping through it again last night, when I was making my list, I was like, you had Kang in the thigh highs mm-hmm. and, and we had talked about, um, I don't remember if it was on the show or where, but like, you know, the, when Kangs don't have the arrogance, I guess the movie Kang doesn't seem yep. to have the arrogance. Well, this one has it, you know, he's, <laughs> he's droll. Yeah. He's got his, his goblet. He, you know, he's looking over. He things. smashes up his museum, which is just full yes. of artifacts. He can go like, back no. and get more. He blew up but the he, armor. He is Kang for, yeah. so if he does something, it is not wrong. It's just what Kang does. He can also
0: go, go get it again. Yeah. I I was, when I finished this, it it ends in certain in a way, and it ends perfectly because, again, back then, even if stories continued, they ended, they mm-hmm. ended right. The issue comes to a third act end, and I thought, is that it? Like, is this a one shot? Because I didn't really look. Because digitally, you can see across the top it says one of five, but I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't look at that, and I thought, oh, maybe this was just a one shot. That's a bummer. Um, but then I turned the page and saw there's more. It. It's just—it was just it's a way of writing comics where you got a satisfying end to the story.
1: So the the other thing that, that is interesting to me too, though, is that like I keep wondering, like, why do they do this? <laughs> and I, I, I really don't mean it flippantly, but it is so uh, against the tide of you know the MCU trends and and how everything is happening. And I, I just I can't imagine this gets really big sales, but they're they're doing it. Right. I, I mean. There Must be some kind of market for this because there's enough old people writing comics, people like us and older who you know have a romance and affection for this style of comic. But this, I don't know, somebody's I would doing, i
0: thrilled if this was an ongoing. And, and I was asking you, you, you and Ron, in our Slack earlier, in the week, there was that untold Tales of Spider Man series in the 90s when we were in college that Kurt Busick and Pat wrote, and Pat Olaf drew that mm-hmm. took place in between the issues of Spy- of Amazing Spider-Man and I would be thrilled with a book like this with a with a qual- of a quality like this that took place in between the issues of Avengers. I would I would buy that all day long. Yeah. Maybe just me and you, but I would. Just putting it out and putting it into the universe. Putting the thought out there in case it catches on.
1: I mean the, the only thing about it is I think it's fun that it's special. And sure. I think that I mean that ish, that comic went twenty four issues, so it wasn't it wasn't yeah. like it went hundred issues. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. Having having Paul Levitz on this was really didn't see that coming. You know, like because he's not he's the he's a DC he's as DC right as you get. I'm trying to remember if he ever did work on Marvel, but do you know, like like. The story is like he, you know, him and him or Jim Shooter, I don't remember if I'm making it up or it's both of them, but they both started writing comics as children. Yeah, they were teenagers. What a different time. He was 14 or something like that. He started writing comics. That's amazing. And then he was head of all of DC Comics before they went and ruined everything. Well, a couple of
0: things. First of all, he's not as old as you think he is.
1: No, he's 66.
0: Which is crazy, considering when he stopped running DC, he was much younger than I thought. Um, I was actually thinking about Paul Levis in the shower earlier this week. <laughs> well, <laughs> go on. I I think that I think looking back when hist- when comic book historians look back, the um his retirement or ouster or whatever whatever it was from dc will be will be the most one of the most important things that ever happened in comics that people don't talk about Hmm. because everything at dc changed after
1: that god he so he was only in his 50s yeah Uh, my 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 conception of how old people are has changed rapidly in the past 10 years (laughs) well (laughs) you 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 guys went and hung out with him that one day i wasn't with you. you not you weren't there i wasn't there Oh no. Yeah. That's such a great memory that like they were introducing us to everybody and like went into Paul Levitz's office and sat and chatted for a while.
0: Yeah, we we had a press thing at, at DC and I, I don't I wasn't there for whatever reason. Uh, and you guys gotta hang out with him in his office the, for a while.
1: The the only thing and this is about so many Still of those, very jealous. Yeah. The only thing about so many of those iFanboy experiences that I know so much more now that would make me appreciate it so much more than then. Yeah. And I would have been able to have like better conversations i don't mean for them i mean for me i mean for them also but like you know like oh what a treasure trove of history right. of the art and the people and the you know and i i just know and appreciate so much more of it now i'd love to have another shot at that i think those days are over <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it just it just he held that ship together in mm-hmm. a way that as soon as he left it started to crumble you know, in in certain, in, in little it, ways here and there, and more and more as time goes on. But it's almost like more
1: tonally than business-wise. I don't even know how it is. Well, with both. That, I mean, his like, whole thing yeah. was, in addition to,
0: to the publishing, was to keep DC and autonomous, which is you know, out the window immediately as soon as he mm-hmm. he left. Was more when Warner Brothers started sticking their fingers on the scale. But anyway, he, he's you know, I, I thought he was much older because again, mm-hmm. when he retired, I figured he was he wasn't in his fifties, but he guess he was. Um. But he's he should write this book forever for me. Just for <laughs> I was so thrilled by this book.
1: Um I, I, I by the way, you when I I mentioned earlier, like I think yesterday I was like, make sure you read this. Yeah. And did you were you ever on the fence? Like were you ever like, I don't know.
0: Okay, p- that's what I figured. An like, out okay. And then and the lineup I checked it out
1: immediately. It, when I went to try to pick my my pick, yeah. it wasn't like apparent to me that the like, guy was like, Oh, I really enjoyed that, whatever. But then I looked mm-hmm. at the rest of sort of everything else I read and I was like, No, this is the, he's right. This is well, this is the pick. I mean, there it's, wasn't bad comics. I certainly enjoyed many of them. We're going to no, talk about them, all. but
0: um, Danger Street Book Two from Tom King and Jorge Fornez, Dave Stewart, Clayton Giles. I believe this is the team from. Uh, I was going to say Columbo, but that was um, not with Columbo. Uh, it was uh, Rorschach. Okay. Oh, man, if they did a Columbo book, I would just be—I'd <laughs> be the happiest guy reading comic. <laughs> it's the only guy. I'd be. It'd be me and Tom reading his own book. So. uh this is by far Tom King's weirdest comic. Wow, by far, not bad. I just, just not bad at all. It's just weird. It's yeah, it's a bunch of random characters from this anthology book that DC put out in the seventies, and we don't know what is. I don't know what's happening yet. So, I don't know what the story is yet. We're still very much, you know, dropped into this world of these random DC characters. Most of them who are not even C list characters. And it's somewhat confusing. Yes, but
1: the Dingbats of Danger Street, uh, nineteen seventy-five, <laughs> yeah. Jack Kirby created, yeah. written, uh, inked by Mike Royer. And for mm-hmm. those of you who really like to get into it, um, were these three, these four characters: Good Looks, Crunch, Non-Fat, and Bananas. Yeah. God, it's fun just saying that. <laughs> and Tom King has decided to do a story that focuses on these kids. Um, and if and Lady Cop. You do not need to know that, no not at all at all, but once I did, it made me enjoy it a lot more. but I think that was the thing like part of the reason I bring this up is because Danger Street One happened during the break, yeah. and I really enjoyed it just because I had no idea what the fuck it was, and it was uh mm-hmm. michael from starman um the blue mm-hmm. guy, and uh, the who's the who's the he
0: well, said he had his warlord name, the beard He's with guy. warlord
1: warlord that's it. Um, the guy who, 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 who Mike keep,
0: Grell also did and looked exactly like Oliver Queen. So in the, yes. in, in the early 90s, it was very
1: confusing. And when he checked into the hotel under a fake name in this issue, number two, he said his name was Grell. And yep. I got confused for a second because I hadn't oriented myself. I think it was on the first page. I was like, wait, is Mike Grell a character in this? Because that's <laughs> not beyond Tom to do. No, He said Frank Miller. They did Frank Miller before. So I was like, okay, we're doing this. Um, I just love that I don't know what it is. And yeah. it's so str- like I mean, it feels like a Tom King book. It I can tell you know. Like but, yeah. but but it's not like any of the other ones you know. No, like, but it, it has
0: that it has that strange air of mystery that was very. This this does feel very much like Rorschach. I don't, it's not just because of the art, mm-hmm. but it does have that that oppressive nature of something big is happening, but we don't know yes. what it is yet.
1: And there's and all these things happening dis- disparately, and they don't know how they connect, and you don't know the what. Creeper you're supposed to is pay one of the main characters, to. and and he's a Fox News pundit yeah, for uh, a group of for a group of children who must be from Dingbats. Also, I don't I don't know, but this is a group of four children who are like the Illuminati or whatever. The the you know they control the media or at least this their is Fox how News channel.
0: tired I was this week. I was like Tom King should do a, a new Gods book. Because <laughs> the the scene, he should. the scene on, on Apocalypse: oh. Dark Side and and High Father was my favorite scene of the week.
1: That page, that page was amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Atlas, uh, High Father shows up. Uh, mm-hmm. Desaad is is you know ripping him a new one. You're scum. And this is not bullshit. New Gods, where Desaad looks like an alien. This is
0: classic Desaad. the classic DC New Gods.
1: And yeah. and you know he gives Darkseid news. side says shut up. And Atlas is dead. And then Darkside gets up and he gives fucking Highfather a hug. And it's yeah. it's a surprising hug because Highfather's hands are still down. I looked at this page a lot. His yeah. hands are still down. Like what is happening? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. He's not looking back. Salt? He's like, Whoa. what is the salty discharge? <laughs> like it's. <laughs> and they call each other by their real names, not their superhero yes. names. And, and yeah. I thought that was nice. That's in, was that in, that was a New Gods, I think, where we sort of go back in time and we see who they are, you Probably. know, before. I, I really, I, was, it was, I don't know what this is. I don't know what to make of it, but I really enjoy it. And, and, uh, I, I mean, I, I really dug that first issue, but I couldn't have told you anything about, you know, where it came from. I hadn't read any of the source material, but you mm-hmm. kind of know, like, oh, it's in these caring hands, you know? So yeah, and, and go with it. Starman, Starman,
0: and, Warlord running Warlord. around with Dr. Fate's helmet, which accidentally right, killed one of the ding bats in the first issue.
1: When they the tried to Metamorphos
0: dead too, right? Meta, like they were trying to use it to I forget what they're trying to do with it. Summon somebody or open up a portal. They were trying to do something mystical with it. And it killed the kid by accident. And so that's what Lady Cop is investigating, the death of this of the dingbat. The words as they come out of your mouth sound dumb, but Yep. Yep. Uh, um Yes.
1: That's great, though. That is a wonderful <laughs> comic book thing. Like you'll be taking it seriously and you'll say it out loud.
0: And it's, it's not, like, oh, that's to not stupid. Say it out loud.
1: No, that's, it's but be- no, I love it. we keep doing the show.
0: Mm-hmm. It, I look. Like, I just don't know what it is yet. And I just you know, which is not not necessarily a bug. It can be a feature. And if, if we know anything, at least we can trust to know that Tom King has a plan, and it usually all works out in the end. Yes. So I'm looking forward to more. So going back again to the history of the Avengers, Monica Rambeau, Photon number two. Are you reading this?
1: No. No, I saw okay. it. Chose not to.
0: So the cover of this particular issue is a throwback to uh, the Roger Stern, Sal Buscema era of, Photon, of Avengers. And it features Photon, who was Captain Marvel at the time, Captain America, Black Knight, uh, bearded, armored Thor from that era, She-Hulk, and Dr. Druid. And this issue, this comic strip written, written by Eve Ewing and drawn by Yvonne Fiorello and Luca Maresca, and she gets the the a version of the Beyonder has come back, and sort of transports her back to that era. So the whole time mm-hmm. she's with that team, uh, as if it's that team and not like the modern day versions of the characters. I don't know what's going on in this book necessarily, but that was one of my favorite eras of that of that team. Because it was, mm-hmm. you know, prime late 80s. I was like 10 or 11. So that's, like, we were really getting into reading comics. And that was, that was one of my favorite Avengers teams. And so just to spend some time with them again was really fun. And again, this is the classic Thor. So, like, you know, two comics this week with a classic Thor costume. Um, and I don't know what's going on here, but uh, I enjoy it. Eve Ewing is giving Monica a bit of a more, um, realistic dialect. She doesn't mm-hmm. just talk like a white guy, but it is a little jarring because <laughs> she doesn't talk like that anywhere else. Sure. Um. So you're just like, wait, are they really, you know, are they really like turning into this like they did with Luke Cage? So I don't know if that's going to continue on anywhere else,
1: but... Um, Probably not. Yeah. Same thing with Miles Morales. I keep <laughs> trying to find somebody to make him like... I thought that... Um, oh my God, Saladin... Ahmed, when I, when I, Salad and Ahmed. I thought yeah. he sort of took that in a direction, obviously, to be much more authentic than Bendis was. But whoever's writing that issue now—I'm sorry—I don't remember the name because it's not on the rundown. But like, mm-hmm. they kicked it up a notch in terms of sounding more like a kid, as I understand it. But it sounds different than he. This is like the third voice for him, which I, I don't think yeah. is a bad thing. But it won't. It, it tends to never be consistent because the person writing that book, like when he shows up in Jason Aaron's book, you know, bless him, but he's not yeah. doing that same voice.
0: And also at the end, uh, uh, Doctor Voodoo. Doctor Voodoo. No, that's wrong. Major I Voodoo. It, I don't know. Captain Voodoo. Voodoo. Captain yeah. <laughs> Captain Voodoo. <laughs> sure. It's been sure. a long week. It's been a long week. Yeah. Uh, I thought know, this was the not practice Drum. round. Jericho Drum. He showed up. He's, he shows up
1: and he's Doctor Voodoo. Doctor Voodoo. This yeah. didn't sound right in my head. I understand. You know? It's you know why because he was Doctor Voodoo originally, and then he became the Sorcerer Supreme. And then you were like, wait, so what do I call him? There is it? Was he Doctor because of that? And then now he's in charge of the school. He's Professor Voodoo, um, or I call uh, him Commander
0: Voodoo. It's that's just Chairman, what I call him.
1: Chairman, Voodoo. Chairman what, of what is Voodoo. the? It's he's Dean Voodoo. That's what he <laughs> is. <Dean> Voodoo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh boy. John Belushi <laughs> throws food at him. <laughs> so anyway, this was a, this was fun, I'm especially fun for an old school. I'm Avengers a magic brain. zit.
1: <laughs>
0: ah. so I think I think actually you would, you would enjoy this. Um, as also, no I know kidding. you were also a fan of that era of Avengers comics. And uh, she is a good character. She is she is still the person I picture when I hear the name Captain Marvel. Really? Just be, it was just because of my formative years in comics. She was Captain Marvel until after college. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't like the name. Wait, she's not. Fo- wait, she's photon. I thought she was spectrum. She's. Uh, I don't know. She's no. Fo- well, she's photon. But you know, if, if you think about it, in the eighties, Monica was Captain Marvel, and then in the in the nineties, Carol she, was Warbird. I remember that's you know? who I think when I think and of Carol. She I was still think of Warbird Miss Marvel. And it, it wasn't until fa- you know fairly recently in the in the historical timeline that she became uh-huh. Captain Marvel
1: she's a so. that's for her she makes a great captain marvel and the sort of design of that suit like you know original captain marvel's great like that's a great evolution of that character Warboard, one are you Warbird. which Warbird. i'm talking about carol danvers okay like i knew her as warbird first in the black mm-hmm. sort of leotard with the lightning which is a fine design but it was sort of silly like i don't see her in thigh highs and a, and a high cut one piece um it just no, Saturday but her night, being you know. Captain Marvel works really well. Did did Monica Rambo when she was uh, when she was Captain Marvel on the Avengers? She had the white and black yeah outfit, right? Is mm-hmm. that what she has in this?
0: She has a version of it. They didn't put okay. her back in her original suit, which which we should have. But they
1: they I had those had those wingy things that went from the, wing, the wrist the to the things, yeah. yeah.
0: That was a big thing for a while in the late eighties. We 80s. see her at one point in like a. And like a kind of a flashback in that outfit, but for the most part, she's mm-hmm. in a more modern version of it. Anyway, she's still the person in my head. If you say Captain <laughs> Marvel, I think of her with her, you know, with that with the white mask and yeah, le- leading the team at the time. Cool. Anyway, Daredevil
1: hmm. six fifty six. There's a whole You're- thing going on in Daredevil. Yeah. What you? How are you? How are you sitting with it? How do you feel about it? You know,
0: um, I mean, I mean, I'm enjoying it as as a comic. Um, I agree. <laughs> I mean, a, what else? How else could I be enjoying it, Connor? Uh
1: <laughs> it I like it as a hoagie. <laughs>
0: so um, you know, Daredevil has been off in his sort of bubble for so long under Chip Zdarsky that mm. you know, whatever. They turned him into this sort of, you know, hero for God, this army of you know, per, this gods army that he's made out of it was in some sort of Kunlun esque you know, pocket temple. And now he's going up against Frank Castle's army for the devil. And, you know, sure. At this point, why not? It's And you're, you're not it, reading
1: The Punisher, right?
0: No, no. But I, I've been listening to you talk about it. So I know it's, you know, I've been mm.
1: following that for the most part. I think in both of these books, it's the same thing where on paper, if you were to tell me what was happening, I would be like, I don't want to read that. But because they are both uh, leaning into them entirely and committing, like there's mm-hmm. no winking in either of these books. Right? It's they're 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 super dramatic and serious. And I, I think that's the deal with Daredevil specifically. Is like I I, I keep thinking I was like I, I shouldn't really like this, but I do find it compelling. I want to know where it goes. I want it to be over eventually, you know. But yes. I like it better than like uh, when the what was it called when the hand was in Hell's Kitchen and like they had the big temple like. It's better than that. <laughs> like, I understand where he's coming from here in a way and his like soul searching. That's all very authentic daredevil. Um, so that may, and, and they're also not, uh, what was the, one of the books? Remember when Hawkeye was Ronan and like all the Avengers came after him and they were just constantly dealing with that. Like that doesn't seem yep. to be happening in this. This is just no. daredevil and this group of villains versus the hand and it's off to the side. And so, we're just telling that story. And it's the same thing in, over in The Punisher, which is yeah. a little... It's it's interesting, and it's well done, but you know it's not, it's not my favorite thing, but I keep reading it. Does The Punisher have Finn Fang like on his song.
0: side? Is that what that is in the last page? Oh, I gotta look that's at it. That's just a I dragon. That's not Finn Fang I think
1: it's just a dragon. Yeah, It's Hard not Finn well, Fang well, All these it, dragons running f-
0: around the Marvel these days. Yeah, I mean, but does you it pants? <laughs> Daredevil and Electra are married. Daredevil's you know that comes back to new york with his gang of trying to reform old villains including Stiltman, to uh, stop some illegal evictions like it's very much feels like ground mm-hmm. level old school left-wing you know su- superman comics you know like the, the corrupt you know landlords and cops who are but keeping keeping the little the, guy down
1: that kind of thing with the crushing catholic guilt which yes, really obviously. is the secret sauce of Daredevil that that Superman would be like Dude, get over it, <laughs> right. Superman like would be like, I don't really know how to relate to what you're going through matt i did I did like that you know there was
0: one of the guys who was like i I didn't sign up for this sort of indefinite war, I got a kid mm-hmm. I gotta leave, and of course something bad happens to him, uh, sure, which makes total dramatic sense no, some didn't something happen to his daughter, right yeah, like then then that's, so that, you know, that's bad for him right. he goes back right, to his right. Right. daughter's I'm uh, gone, but like. So
1: now it's Matt's you know, fault. I thought, I think this is Vendetta.
0: It's well done. It is, and yeah. it's
1: just strange enough that I it keeps me compelled when I I want to when I think maybe I don't like it, but it's good. Yeah. It's really good. And that's the other that's the other bit. Also, he looks really cool in his big beard and his hood. <laughs> like, I, I I haven't been reading this like you know what he needs to be in his classic costume. I didn't think that during this ever. Be I weird. do
0: think his hair needs to be red, but I understand that they are leaning more towards halt brown because of the movies, but whatever. It's stupid. Hey, <laughs> let's take a quick break here and talk about uh, how you can support the show. Thank you for supporting the show. We mentioned this briefly last week. That was the moment Josh had to leave, so I was a little bit distracted. So let's get back into it this week. We'd like to thank the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy. They really help the show keep going and help get the bills paid, help make the time worth it. And we have been undergoing a uh, elaborate <laughs> redesign of the patron rewards uh, that we spent a lot of time t- changing the uh going through the, the stretch goals adding new ones only to find that they are eliminating stretch goals uh so we'll go figuring figuring out what's happening there but if you if you are considered being a patron we've sh- switched up the sp- stretch goals we have uh, eliminated ones that were irrelevant like you know we got you know took out the youtube videos because we did that already we Moved some things down into a safe spot, so the media loads are now, pr- you know, pretty safe. We've added some new fun ones. I think I think the next stretch goal is oh TV coverage. That's that's the same as last time. But then we have some more immediately after that. We change the, the the numbers so they're a bit more attainable. So you can check all those out at patreoncom ifanboy. We do appreciate everyone who does that. We hope we make it fun for everyone. We hope we make the experiences fun, the the community worth it. They have the Discord ser- channel server thing, and they have the Facebook group. And they also have the patron hangouts, and we had our patron Dave Carr mentioned, hey, you should really hit the hangouts harder because it's really fun and people might enjoy those. So once a month, uh, me and Josh and our original co-host, Ron, get together on our live stream just for the patrons, and we we hang out for an hour. It's kind of like this show, but super, super, super loose and, and goofy and... You we just talk about comic it. stuff sometimes. Talk about comics news if it happens, but sometimes we just talk about movies or whatever, or just bust each other's balls for an hour because that's what we that's what we do. But it's a really fun the,
1: thing. Yeah, it's it's totally kind of freewheeling. It's like what are we going to talk about, um, which which I handle better on a thematic <laughs> level uh, than maybe some other folks. But uh, it's just a YouTube link that the patrons get. Um, you can go back and watch them later if you can't get there live. But there's a very active sort of chat going on that we're reading. Yeah, there's and a chat room. We do. We take
0: questions. Like it's Con- yeah, Connor does like amazing polls. <laughs> yeah, like they're all all pa- they're all archived for the patrons. Only the patrons can get to them. So if you join up, you can you can go back and watch like five years worth of hangouts. Um, I often start a pre-show with some of friends of the show, like Mike Romo or, or Gordon the Intern or Ryan shows up where we hang out for a couple hours before the hangout, just because. We started doing that during the pandemic when we weren't, weren't, weren't able to socialize with anybody, and we just as we do it, keep doing it as a way to sort of hang out with each other for an hour, for an hour a month.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but it's really fun; it's one of the most fun things we do, and it's actually the next one is next weekend. So, if you're listening to this show as it comes out, this coming Saturday is the next patron hangout. So, if you want to, you know, check it out and you know, be a patron, you can be one for as little as a dollar a month uh, it's really fun and hopefully we make it worth it. And uh, we, we really enjoy it. The patrons become an integral part of the show and we do enjoy having them around. But as we said, we're, we revamped the stretch goals. Uh, and there's a second part to our revamp, which is just taking longer, uh, to implement and hopefully it'll implement in the next few weeks. It's just, it's, it requires a lot more decision and just dis- and work. And I, and, and my breaking my toe in the middle of the week didn't really help things. FMO.threadlist.com is our t-shirts. slash supports our PayPal link. FMO.com slash Amazon is our books, Blood books, and Bookshop.org is our partner that we use to help support local bookstores. That's how I order, do my book ordering now, all through bookshop.org. You'll find those links on the website where they are appropriate.
1: The ones... Number two, Mm. which is a weird title, and I can't quite (laughs) get used to it. This is a new series uh, from Dark Horse Comics by Brian Michael Bendis and Jacob Edgar, the storytellers, but they're the writer and artist. Um, I I can't, I can't, I I like it. I can't put Mm -hmm. my finger on it yet. It's It's very strange. It's really strange, and it's very, um, you're in it. You're you're in it without getting a ton of explanation, uh, and you ju- and it, it's been all like it's two issues, and I feel like a ton of things have happened, and there's a lot of information, and I don't have real hold of all the characters. There's at least two women who I can't separate exactly from one another. Same, yeah. um, this is issue three, by the way. Is it three? Okay, that makes yeah. more sense. Yes, it is. Okay, right. Um, but I am enjoying it. Yeah, I, I mean, I it, mean it,
0: it's one of those classic. I mean, I don't know know who came up with the idea, but it feels like a classic Bendis idea in that what would happen with a team up of the people who are considered to be the one, you know, in the story, in the classic adventure story, they are the one who will save us, you know, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or, you know, the the one who was deemed the champion, right? And this is like a whole team of them throughout the years. Neo. The old guy, he was the one, you know, 30, 30 years ago. And then there's a new, you know, so it's like this interesting dynamic of people who were all at one point chosen to save humanity. Who have have to have been brought together by this guy who dresses like it's still nineteen eighty four, and they have to. In this issue, they're fighting the devil, who can't exactly attack them directly, and so he has to use proxies to attack. Like it's it's all very interesting and well thought out. Like you're right, I just don't know exactly what it is that's happening here, but I do enjoy
1: reading it. I, I it feels like I mean, people who haven't been around for a long time might not remember, but early Bendis was a revelation. It was mm-hmm. this guy who had a very specific voice, but did all these different types of stories. And then you've heard you've seen since he got big with Marvel, he did he's done other series and things like that. And they were pretty entertaining or good, but like this feels like it's his wheelhouse in a way that a lot of the other stories haven't. I mean, I couldn't explain Pearl to you. I've read all of it. You know, I'm not sure I understand what it is, what it's supposed to be. I like, get right. what this is and I feel like it's fun. I feel like they're having fun with it.
0: Yeah, Jake, Jake, not, Jacob Edgar is terrific. Perfect, his cartooning yeah. is really strong. Other than that one, and I don't know if it's his issue, but like, there's the two redheaded women who, who one mm-hmm. of them wears a point and one doesn't. That's the only real one of them. Slightly has the the red is slightly more red, one is slightly more pink hair, but mm-hmm. otherwise, I get really confused. But looks? There's a lot characters. of characters.
1: A lot of characters. Yeah, there, there's like 15 ones, but it's worth it. But I think that's a fun I idea. I mean, that's the joke. The the yeah. ones that's right away. That title is a joke. It's not great for seo but <laughs> there you go i enjoy it though
0: uh so it finally happened on x-men 18 with jerry duggan and art by cf villa with clothes by matt Miller. it's a little rhyming team hey Villa um, milla via mia so you, as you know josh as you've been listening to the the adventures of fuck island is that the, the x-men can't die right they get resurrected when they sure. die and so basically at this point. Almost every major X-Men that you know is a clone of itself. Like, almost all the original X-Men are dead. I'm talking about, like, not the, not the five original. I'm talking about all sure. the X-Men. Like, they're all, they've are they all been cloned at some point. So, that seems weird to me, but whatever. Uh, so, in th- in this issue, well, several ago, we had a story where Laura, Wolverine 2, went off with this other character, Sink. And they were on this, like, 100 years long adventure. And at the end of it, uh, Laura was killed. And so they resurrected her, you know, back to the young Laura again, so they could have her running around. Well, on this issue, the old Laura wasn't actually dead, so now there are two. So now we've actually run into the problem of what if we've resurrected somebody, but they didn't actually die. And So now there's an old Laura and a young Laura running around. I mean, it's
1: one of those things, right, it's one of those things, like this problem had to happen, and it hasn't happened in so long that you let your guard down. Like, you, you shouldn't be able to do this. That's a problem. Right. So we, this is doing.
0: this has been seeded for a while like, as this thing that could happen, and now it has. And, and you know, it's not like an accident. Be- you know, Beast, who apparently is like a bad guy now, I don't know, it's happening in other yeah. books I'm not reading. Where he's like, "So you uh, fucked up," and so now that's now what what does that mean? You know, for this whole situation. Also, now there's three
1: Wolverines. We have to get. We have to figure this out. I really like Laura in the books that she's in. She's a great. Like character. I think in, in Captain Marvel, like there's that story that's going on now. They're all in space. She's rad. Like, she yeah. is what Wolverine sort of used to be, but uh, yeah, I don't, I, well, I don't call even know what Logan, the Logan like, is.
0: We, we yeah. can't have every character have okay. two versions.
1: We can't call them by the same name.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. figure this out. Both, it's not just Marvel. It's Marvel and DC. They're both doing it. And, uh, you know, there's the original white guy version, and then there's the new version, which is either uh, minority or woman or both. And they all have the yeah. same names, and they have to figure this out. Just change And the It's name. cool. So We're not complaining.
1: No, I'm good just saying. Give, give are they're characters. great characters.
0: Just give a different name.
1: Yes. Even if you and have now to change three Wolverine's. E- even if you have to change the name of the original person, yeah. fine. Which is dumb, but fine.
0: Call but him yes, Logan. i a.
1: I'm Logan now. You got you're Wolverine. Yeah, he passes the mantle. That works. Yeah, she's you're great. The Captain. I, now. I really, really dig her in Captain Marvel. She's great. Uh, the the worst page of this entire week for me. Oh. was uh, at the end of Predator 6, which wraps mm-hmm. up this arc. They, they announced it Predator number one. And they said, come back by Ed Brisson and Netho Diaz. Now, no disrespect, but I mm-hmm. knew when this volume ended that we would be done with Kev Walker, and I hate yeah. it. I don't why, know what people why think. Why do number one? Why? <sighs> so now I we don't have, know. Now we have Predator
0: legacy numbering? Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> Have an I, I, this 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 whole the six issues has been super fun. Is everything yeah, every fun. issue is exactly what I wanted to be, and I I just love Kev Walker. And Wait, and so the worst I, page
0: for you was the ad for the next
1: issue. Well, when they said that Kev Walker was gone.
0: Okay, I thought it was an actual story because I
1: knew <laughs> at the end of the sixth issue, I thought, and they said we're going to start over number one. I go, oh, he's out of here because he never hangs around. <laughs> like, but no, but no, that's no. that's part of what makes him special. Like he'll do five or six issues. He's he doesn't do long runs. Uh, you know, I don't, and that's his prerogative. It's fine, but I was just like, because that was the draw for me, and I think that he he nailed it. Uh, I don't know that I don't. I'm, I'm sure that Kev Walker doesn't listen to this, never has. But if anybody knows who has, it's just like he has one big big fan, and it's me. And <laughs> just, and well, I, just you know, one. like I, I mean, there might be others. He might be very popular. I have no idea, but I know that that's a name. Ever since I saw him for the first time on Thunderbolts with Jeff Parker mm-hmm. forever ago, I was like, oh, this is the guy that I want to see do comics, and so. You know, when you get a little six issues and and the story's fun, then you enjoy it because it'll be over soon.
0: Just by coincidence, I was you know flipping around channels this week and I came across uh, the original Predator, which I hadn't seen in forever. I, mm-hmm. And I watched about an hour of it and it was so good. It was just so bad. <laughs> I, I watched up until the part I was waiting for, which is the part where the one character takes his shirt off and cuts his own chest on mm-hmm. the tree. That was the part that our buddy in college used to always make, do bits about. <laughs> um, and then I was satisfied then I, then I t- changed it then I went off to other things but I, it's just it's fun this was a fun comic I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed it I'm glad I read it I'm glad you talked it up talked it up enough for nice. me to check out real good did you
1: read Lazarus Planet Alpha number one I did but uh, you know all the names There were continuing stories I enjoyed it but as I got to the end like continued in Lazarus Planet Every Greek letter. I went, I don't want that. Yeah, so it's a little, I'm it's read a little the main mini story.
0: It's a little mini Mark event. Wade event happening. Uh, first of all, I think Ricardo Federico is a great artist. I think he was a terrible choice for this book.
1: Mm-hmm. I yeah, don't
0: think he's I can see that. he was the right artist for it. He's a great artist. I thought he was great on the Superman story, but I he just didn't he didn't have the the superhero y nature you need for a big event book. Uh, the characters were kind of all off model, so mm-hmm. it was a little weird. It just didn't. Did he, it didn't did, work for me. Um,
1: did he do DMZ? Oh, I don't know. All right, That's go, a long keep time talking. ago.
0: Yeah, I, I um, know what you're
1: saying. I think I think you're right. Like it, it it made it more like it was trying to be a serious book than what should be a kind of a silly book. Yeah, and I don't mean silly in a bad way. I mean in the best way. And the the challenge here is, and I,
0: I've been talking about Mark Wade's return to DC like crazy. Uh, the Batman vs. Robin book was fine. Like, I, it, it was okay. Uh-huh. And this is sort of an a, out extension of that. Plus, it adds in like Monkey Prince, which I dropped
1: because it just wasn't good. And. <laughs> I kind of you know, like how we fit in with this one. I I stopped reading it too. I think, but it now that like the origin things is sort of sorted. I like all the sort of Chinese mysticism that sort of is mixed in with this weird, weird fucking demon story. And I actually yeah. liked the the backstory. Uh, it ties into
0: to world uh, world's finest and it ties into Batman versus Robin, which is part of this, I guess, whole event. So I guess what's going to happen is this Lazarus pit is going to explode and it's going to alter many of the DC heroes. So like change their powers, change like things about them. So that's that's the dumb. whole thing we're doing here.
1: Ricardo Bercielli was the one who drew DMC. Uh, so well Italian, they're there, are all the There I go mixing up my Italian <laughs> artists again.
0: We all the same with you, huh? So that was the, those are the books we wanted to talk about. But at patreon.com, the pages we mentioned earlier, every patron gets a vote to add a book to the rundown. It's their contribution to the show. And this week, the patron pick by a wide margin, it was a old school patron pick beatdown. The winner was Black Cloak Number One from Image Comics, written by Kelly Thompson, with art by Meredith McLaren, and letters by Becca Carey. And this is a oversized; it was like sixty pages. Um, yeah, I was I was reading. It I was like, this should be over, and it wasn't. Um, uh, fan, sort of a fantasy fantasy cop story by Kelly Thompson and Meredith McLaren. And, uh, I read it, I read it well before the patron pick. I, I was already on my radar cause it's Kelly Thompson. It opens up with a cut, not a cutaway so much, but a, a really cool shot of the, of this, of this town. And there's a, there's a, the black cloaks are the cops on the town and there's a murder, there's a dead body of a, of a Royal and the cop who's investigating it is it used to be engaged to the dead body.
1: I thought this was fun. I really did enjoy this. I really did. I wasn't I was... sure if you'd like it just from a concept. There's a lot no, of... I liked it. I it's it was... one of those books that it like the concept, the setup does not seem new, but no, the it's execution not. was very strong. Yes.
0: And I liked Meredith McLaren's art. It had a it had a
1: sort of a whimsical very feel very very unique yeah, I mean, like, I, it I worked. It was good cartooning, but I couldn't tell you who this looks like. It reminds you a little of a bunch of people. But as a package, it was it was like I was like, this isn't a new thing.
0: Yeah, it didn't have like a lot of new artists, especially young ones, often have sort of a web comic y feel. This didn't mm-hmm. have that feel. Well, it just felt um it had a little bit of Fiona Staples in it. It okay. uh but a more cartoony version of that. Um actually now that I'm looking at it, that's that's a very much it feels very much like saga inspired. But um I thought it really worked to ground the story and make it fun. This is like the opposite of the of the Ricardo Federico problem. Sure. And You're I didn't right. even mind be- things like them having like our kind of coffee cups. Like it was sort
1: of like, you know, there were sort of well, elements here and there that were like earth, you know, or the setup is that isn't it is this earth or is it because this is like after oh, the last know. war it's also post-apocalyptic and who so the city is the last city on earth and so you don't really know what you're going to find in there but you've got different species and races and cultures and everything all mixed in and it's stratified um
0: hundred years the ago city the of world, kiros it's not so who knows where, not where that earth. takes place
1: yeah it doesn't really say it. for some reason at the very beginning i thought it was it was earth but i, I don't think it i mean is. there's I also there's mermaids and there's you know and some of the characters are magical or whatever, yeah, and some are fantasy worlds. Totally,
0: Um, but I but do it's like it. Tec- I really, it's just, like you know, techno fantasy. She's, you know, we've we've said this for years. Kelly Thompson's an incredibly fun, funny writer. So this was fun and funny, in addition to being like a you know a solid cop story where she's got to investigate mm-hmm. several murders and has to go see her old family and question them, and they you know they're they're the ruling class, and so they don't like that, and you know.
1: One of the things I like about Kelly Thompson is that she has a voice and she has a style and she could, if she wanted to, lean into her cute, funny dialogue, mm-hmm. wacky situations, people. But she, I mean, like something like this shows me it's like she's really pushing herself to do, and, and you've seen it in Captain Marvel and, and other stuff too, but like the, the world building and mm-hmm. the sort of, you know, there's a, there's a lot here. There's a lot of work that was done beforehand that is, is you know, isn't laid out entirely in the book. But you can tell it's there. The, the skeleton was put in place. And I just think I really like watching an, uh, an artist who I like, a writer, you know, get stronger. And you just see them, like, find, like, pushing themselves to find more things that they're good at and do different yeah. stuff. Um, it's good.
0: I mean, to be fair, it helped that she had basically three times the pages. So sure. that... By the end of it, I was—we were really, you know, invested. We were deep into the story. We got to learn a lot about the world. If it's just just been the first twenty pages, it may not have been as strong. Well,
1: that's smart. 50... I mean, we say that all the time. Oh yeah, about...
0: no, I'm not saying it's a negative. I'm just saying that she yeah. had that benefit of this was an over this was an oversized book. I think it's like fifty four pages uh, by the end of it. So she had like two and a half times as much real estate to really And some of these books we we get from Image that are fantasy books that. They don't have enough real estate to really hook you. So this one did really, really hooked you. It was a smart move by them to make
1: it oversized. Yeah, and she, you know, it's like you got somebody who has the clout to get that done. I think, but and it's a really smart move. The other thing is this, you know, on a typical Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, whichever, you know, like a sixty-page book can sometimes be a showstopper. You just like, <laughs> oh. and I just didn't like. I got to the end and I was like, I want to know more. Like I didn't feel like, and it wasn't that it was weak. It wasn't like a bunch of splash pages. It wasn't. Yeah it just you know you were living in this world you were learning as you kept going you were figuring out this society this character's backstory i mean nothing really new i don't mean this in a bad way but new or terribly inventive in where they are and what they're doing it's all going to feel like stuff you've seen before but again the execution was really strong
0: yeah and i think it helps that her uh, kelly thompson's dialogue is punchy you know so uh, we talked earlier about avengers how it moved this book really moved Mm -hmm. as well even though it's Mm -hmm. a police procedural in a fantasy world it's it's the dialogue's all punchy and fun so it, you really do fly through it. like you said i didn't i didn't feel like this took forever to read at all i mean yeah. i wasn't I'm, when i when i found out saw it was like big i was like oh that's so like i kept reading
1: sometimes it. i just check i'm like oh where are where am i in this yep. and i was like oh 60 that's a that's a long one and i was like, <laughs> i did i wasn't annoyed by it i th- i mean you you made the point and i think it's true that had this art been more serious mm-hmm. fantasy, more like that, uh, Ricardo. I'm sorry, of, Ricardo. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just, it's just a choice like, or, yeah. or like Andre Bresson or something yeah. like that. I wouldn't have liked it as much. It would have felt too heavy, too syrupy, too, you know, wearing robes and, and, and Salt like serious. Candles. Yes, exactly. That, and so that changes the context a little bit and it makes it work. And also like the, the, type of natural dialogue and the way that people are talking doesn't work as well when it looks like, um, you know, Stefan Sedgwick. Like, it doesn't, it's not the same thing. And then, and then my one last point, and this is really not so much about the book, but it's true. Sometimes when people come up in indie comics, they have these great ideas and they do stuff, but they're not ready to do them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when people really make their bones in mainstream comics, that by the time they come around the other way and do their indie comic, like, their chops are down. So that thing that we're talking about, that laying out the world, that lack of too much exposition, mm-hmm. that way that it flows, that things are paced properly, that really comes across. Like, like you you cut your teeth, you get your chops doing mainstream comics because you have to.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is this is sort of the arc that, the, you know, from the great debate ten years ago or more mm-hmm. was about the Bendis Kirkman thing. You know, you you make your chops, make your bones, make your fan base at at the big two, and then go do your your own stories. And by then you're good. You're, you're good enough. Mm-hmm. You have the skills and the craft
1: down to make it a really fun and hopefully great. You know, indie book. Yeah. To be fair, that works from an artistic standpoint. The economics have changed once again. Listen.
0: Things are changing <laughs> all the time.
1: Sure. Black Cloak, number
0: one. Image Comics, sticking with it. Yes. Yes. Ratings. Solid four. I'm going to give it 4.875. Wow. Repeating. I don't nice. know how you can do that. Uh, oh. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know if <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing or not. That's fine. Patreon.com slash Fanboy. Thanks to every patron who votes. to up to the rundown. Uh, It was super fun to watch the votes come in. A lot more people voted this week because last week it was kind of a slow week. So when when it's a light week, we get fewer votes. When it's a heavy week of comics, get more votes. And that's always fun to see. But if you're a patron at the $5 or higher level, you get a superpower live on the show. Like Patrick. Patrick's power, Josh, is that he has a magical satchel. And in that satchel exist many hats. (laughs) And when he pulls a hat out of the satchel and puts it on, he is imbued with the skills... And the uh, abilities of whatever that hat is for instance, he could pull uh, a fireman's hat out of the bag and he has the skills to fight a fire. he knows how to fight one, drive a large vehicle. He has the tools he has the talent pole sliding um, so or if he pulls out like a an army hat he has the stools of a soldier you know he know he can play in battlefield tact. like whatever the whatever the hat is he pulls out he has that ability. He's, is, he's 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 aware of many hats, is what you're saying. He's aware of many hats. They're all in the satchel. He can pull a old newsy flat cap out, and all of a sudden now he knows s- all
1: about selling papes. Questions. Yeah. Uh, the satchel is like a magical device. It's yes. not like he's, he's hauling around a <laughs> no, he's not bag. Santa's Santa's okay. bag behind him. He's <laughs> like, got just a sl- like hold on. <laughs> yeah. uh, when he pulls a hat out, is yeah. there intention to it, or does he get what he gets? Well, he I mean he can try to he can try to root around in it, but you know it's almost like dial H for
0: hero. But- right. That's what I was. You you get, know, you in, get. in moments of great need, sometimes the things that you need
1: appear. Right. and uh, but if, if sometimes means, it's like one of those Burger King visors, and he's like, mother <laughs> fuck. <laughs> but he makes the best quarter pounder with cheese you ever had.
0: That's not, not Burger King? No, that's not at all. a whopper. All, neither, neither would that be the best, but uh, you know what I'm saying. He, he has you know many things come out of that bag, and they, whatever they will, they, they imbue with the power of of the hat.
1: Okay. It's new. We've never done that. No, I hope not. That's the only thing I'm going for now. It's like, that's not that's not something we've done before. That's different. That's good.
0: <laughs> so, pa- Patrick, thanks for being a patron, patreon.com slash iFanboy. $5 a hire, you get your own superpower live on the show. Thank you very much. Let's do uh, uh, at least one audience question, maybe two yeah. depending on how fast we can. Let's start them. with
1: the second one because I think that was interesting. We just sort of had uh, led to it. And then we'll Scott do the one H
0: from, I think he's from Portland, Oregon, one of our regular emailers. In episode 860, that was last week. You discussed Mosley and Josh briefly mentioned the difference between how Boom and Image operate regarding how creators make their money and finance their books. I think Josh also mentioned in a previous episode that either Boom or Oni have editors, where an Image book doesn't necessarily have an editor. Are you able to elaborate on those differences a bit more?
1: Sure, and and I'll just I'll just preface that my information could be slightly out of date, but this is generally well. You know, I'm I'm not as te- plugged in as I maybe was once was but uh let's just let's just say that boom and oni isn't isn't oni okay the oni's separate boom is archaea now though also boom is archaea oni is Lion's forge right Lion okay forge. so they have uh, a typical publisher setup so there are there's a you know editor in chief or executive editor, there's uh an editor and possibly an assistant editor on a book. Um, so they're setting things up. Somebody comes to them with a pitch, they put the book together, uh, you know, they, they budget it, uh they're artists, writers, they're paid uh upfront for their work. There could be revenue sharing or not, depending. I, I think most of the smaller ones probably have some sort of those deals uh, are all changing constantly. Yeah. So, you know, like, like royalties on the book, ancillary, you know, licensing, uh, whether it becomes a movie or a TV show, the smaller publishers need those. I mean, they're operating on the fact that, that some of these things will be optioned and turned into bigger things. That's part of their value proposition, uh, as I understand it. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, the, the people will have page rates. Um, they're they're pr- a boom. Certainly, Oni, those page rates are not going to be equal. To what you would get necessarily,
0: and I think I think it's important to note that uh, ONI especially went through a lot of changes in the last year, so I yes. don't even know this information about only. Yeah, probably not. Wrong. So let's
1: talk about we're talking about. Let's say we are talking about Boom yeah.
0: uh,
1: or IDW or or Dynamite or any you know any of that stuff, and I'm sure that there's different levels of infrastructure to all of these things. But sure. The basic the, idea is that the deal that gets
0: to Dynamite is not going to be the deal that some random person gets to Dynamite,
1: right? And and also like how much. You know how many editors, or how, you know how big the structure is, and Marvel's Marvel and DC are, are you know pretty solidified, and there's there's levels and levels. Uh, but you know you pit, you get a deadline, your stuff's got to come in on time. Uh, the books come out regularly, um, it's all it's backed by a corporate structure, typically and historically. Image, and there's no one else like this that I can think Very of. Unique. Um, it's a creator. It's it's the idea is that it's creator owned, and so that you go to them. They have a pretty small staff. I mean, image and, probably has about ten employees, and they're almost all at the business on the business side.
0: There's no yeah, editorial staff. There's other a there.
1: marketing person. There's a digital Stevenson. person. Yeah. Um, but basically, there's one guy, Eric Stevenson, yeah. and he makes the decision whether he wants to do your book or not. Um, and you go to him and you say, "This is what it is. This is what it looks like." Uh, the for most people, you're bringing a package. You're saying, i I'm going to bring my." artist uh and my my colorist and my uh letter and my writer and this is what we're going to make for you and they say no or go and then you get I forget I I, I'm, I wouldn't I, w- I don't want to speak to the sort of how it works but you know you don't get it, money up front no no so generally
0: with image there's they take the first uh, it used to be $3500 I don't know what it is anymore but it, yeah they take the first x dollars to cover their their costs and then every dollar after that goes to the creative team. And so if you see an it but but also every everyone who works in the actual book is uh comes out of the creative team. So if you see an editor on image books and some image books have them, that means yes. that whoever started the book, the writer, the artist, whoever, they're paying them out of their pocket. Mm-hmm. And that editor's fee is coming out of the profits of the book. There's no one at Image who's an editor. There's no right.
1: There's no they, staff editors They can't you put want an editor on your book
0: if you're doing. If you see an editor, and, and, and very rarely do you see an editor, but sometimes you do. It's be, they're being paid out of pocket by the creative team. So there's or no as
1: part of they get a deal to get part of the the pickback. Uh, I had Will Dennis on the show right. a couple times, and you know he this is what he does. He's a freelance editor now. He doesn't just do image, but he does image and he does the comicsology. You know, I I think he's on it. He's you know anything Scott Snyder does. Yeah. Will Dennis is probably, and, and that, so that person and that job changes, you know, editors are very flexible thing, but it's keeping trains running. It's making sure that people are getting stuff in together, all the people who need to be talked to. So the creators can focus on the creator part. Sometimes they give them, uh, you know, creative direction or try to help in that way. Sometimes they don't, but it is not part of the publisher structure. It's a, it's an outside thing. Now there have been times in the past because if someone is big enough, um, I know that people have been advanced from right. image yeah. because so-and-so can, uh, you know, like, like a big name person, if they really want to do like an artist specifically wants to dedicate themselves for doing a book to image, they can't wait for the back end on it. They need to have an income. Um, and so they'll it's take a very rare chance occurrence. on occurrence Yes. I think it used to happen a lot more than it does now. Uh, but, but that's a, that's an exception. That's not sort of how it goes. Like, you if know, an you image were, you're
0: betting on yourself entirely. It's, yep. It's uh, we are going to make this comic. We're going to we're going to incur all the costs out of our, from our own pocket, and we're going to hope that we sell enough to make it back and make a profit. Whereas other companies, you might get a small page rate to help the production. So that's
1: and historic Trying to remember what we talked about last week. Image but, has no third party rights. So if your image comic book turns into a movie, they don't necessarily own. I, think, any, I believe they that's don't. changed, but also yeah, it's not pure. ownership though. It's like points. I think. Right. But, and I'm but, not
0: entirely sure. Again, it's been a long time. Exactly. But, uh, they used and to, it, yeah, it used sure to be everything everything the, the creators owned everything. So the image didn't get any piece of anything. The only the only difference is that I'm aware of is uh with trade paperback sales, I believe image takes a percentage of that. Right. After the after the um initial fee. The initial fee. They also take a piece of the trade sales. They make their money on the
1: trade sales. And and I think that trade sales it's like anything else. Uh, like, like basically, whether they continue series or not at Marvel and DC has to do with the issue sales. Yeah. But the trade sales are a bigger part of the image pie, and that's so a piece. So they, that's yeah. What they're, so, they're, so the cancellation... So they their yeah. Hey, you know, you get a little piece. You know, it's it's there's nothing else like it. it's really interesting. I'm sure because of the way that the organization is set up, it's very flexible. I'm sure things change around. They make different kinds of deals, but the, at the heart of it, it's it's just a different. You know and that's that how it was. I don't know
0: if yeah. that's how it is now, but that's how it was. And that's probably how it kind of, I mean, they're, they're a totally, they're totally, you're, you're, yeah. So if you're making Mosley at Boom, you're getting a little, you're probably getting a little bit of money to help make the book. Whereas if, if that team had made it an image, they would have been totally taking up all the risk on their own, which is harder on the artist than and, anybody.
1: And like, I, I don't know what the case is now, but I know at one point in the past, like if you were making a book at Oni, for example, and you were the artist of that book. You're getting—I've heard—I knew people who got fifty dollars a page total. Which is nothing. That's that's pencils, inks, colors, and lettering. Like that's what they had to go. They were getting a page rate, but it wasn't terribly livable. No, that's not um, nothing. That's horrible. Yeah, and, and you know, God, I don't know what page rates look like, but you know, a, a successful writer can make you know two or three hundred dollars a page. You know, just from and then the you know some of the artists they probably make a ton of money or yeah you know, they can our, our, the artist page rate tends to be higher but yeah that's yeah. But that's at Marvel or DC if you yeah. go to well, you go to Boom well it depends but but yeah. yeah but when you talk about cover prices and you talk about you know the the economics of it like you know you got a small audience and you got to pay for these expert well, that's, that's the thing every
0: every time cover price comes up people say well why don't they just use Cheaper material. And it's it's never the material. It's the price of the people making the comic,
1: it's is always the cost of the comic. And when you put it that way, it starts to get harder to complain about it because, you know, it's a really small audience now. And you've got people just super talented, you know, and they want to make a living. It's wouldn't, if you can't make a living doing this, you're like maybe when you're in your 20s, you can do it for a while. But eventually you're like, I can't keep doing this. It's yeah. not worth it. So they, they got to, they got to be paid, which they should be.
0: Daniel from Texas, keeping in mind pricing, durability, paper quality, et cetera, what is your favorite size trade to buy? Five-issue paperback, 10-issue hardcover, phone book size omnibus?
1: That's kind of an interesting question. I don't know if I've thought about it. I think. I, the, the one thing that, that I, I came up with when I was thinking about it is that I like a giant book, an omnibus. I like it as an object. Not terribly convenient for reading. Like It's kind of awkward. To hold and, and you know like you kind of to like sit at a table and put it in front of you right it i mean it used to be oh,
0: i mean I, I like that he's basically given up like we all have it's five issue trade now but it, it used to be the six issue trade was like the soft cover was like the, the thing i like the best but also it really depends on the book i mean i'd rather have a complete volume so for instance they they put out a soft cover oh, i'm sorry they put out a i don't know maybe it was a hardcover a hardcover of the first six issues of the Human Target, I don't want that. I don't want the twelve issue hardcover. <laughs> I want the whole story in one book. So whatever encapsulates that the best, whatever encapsulates the. I mean, for most comics, you used to you know it's the, it's the softcover cover trades, probably the, the you know your go to your workhorse. Your, your 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 the one I've got the most of is that. But you,
1: you know, for me, if
0: something is twelve
1: issues and I'm reading the book and it's 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 split into two. There's a much better chance I'm going to keep reading if it's all one volume. Yeah. Because if it's the 6 issues, I'm I'll finish that and oh, I'm done for now. And then it will take me forever to pick up the next thing. So I like it when it's one. Yeah. I like a 12. I like like a 10-12 issues. I think I that's like I think that's where I'm falling. The 10-12 issue hardcover is where I'm falling. Cuz 6 issues it doesn't it doesn't feel worth it to me. And it, it's it goes, you know. But like a 10-12, like a complete kind of thing. Uh, you know, the like the, the, the giant the omnibuses in whatever version they're in, like when it's too big. Like I have that amazing Spider-Man yeah. like Marvel omnibus, which is like twenty five fifty issues or whatever. And it's just like, Oh, it's so big. <laughs> it's well, just
0: for me, I always think of so when I was twenty two and, and sort of started making the, the mental switch over to trades, that's basically when it happened, was with the Preacher series. Yeah. So, like, I hadn't read Preacher and Issues, and, and you know, at 22, we first started out a Fanboy, and,
1: and at that's six. when I was
0: expanding out into books I had not read as, as a younger reader. I, I bought, you know, all nine trades off, you know, from Amazon or whatever at the time, wherever I bought them. And, and having that stack of the entire run in these very easily readable, carryable in my bag to work trades was great. And that's when I sort of mentally switched from I prefer tr- these things to Issues. Um, so whenever I think in my head, the ideal, it's that, it's that stack of preacher books is like my nice. platonic ideal, but now things have changed a little bit and so it probably would be the slightly bigger hardcover mm-hmm. would be the way I'd go, but you know, I it's whatever the function cover. is. Those, those were the, each, each arc was in a, tr- I wouldn't want, I don't know, maybe I would two arcs in a trade, hardcovers versus one arc in a trade. I don't know, but I kind of like the idea of you read an arc, you move on to the next book, which is a different arc, but.
1: You know, I don't know. The thing about those issues, though, is that you'd finish trade in that, and you would immediately want to know what happened next, even mm-hmm. if the arc had compl- concluded. in classic comic book style. The story ends, and then they give you, oh, yeah, here's what's next. Yeah, it's, you not, know, how, it's not how arcs are done now, or yeah, right. Yeah. This, which is the same thing we were just talking about with the pick of the week. Yeah. The Avengers book is that, you know, it concluded, and then that last panel is like, ooh, there could be more. You don't need to keep going. You're good. Right. But, well, wait. what's Ken going to do? Kang's going to keep I want to know him. what Kang's going to do I'm excited And it's going to be Something I've seen A lot before And I don't care
0: <laughs> As long as he sits low, slouching in that chair oh, Looking all pissed off drink
1: in, in control though But
0: barely Contact at Ifanboy.com Is how you can write in Like Daniel and Scott Thanks for writing in You can also write in For our Media explode show Now that it's a new year uh, We we You know We bankrupted All of our old emails So if you want to get On this show Or on don't the Don't use explode the word show. Bankrupt Sorry So <laughs> Uh write Media Splode in the subject line if you're writing in for that. But thanks for writing in. Quick plugs. Uh, this month, we have two special shows. This coming week, hopefully, we have our explode. And as I mentioned last week, we we had another book planned, but it's just too long to start all the things that are going on. So we're going to probably push that a month. This week, we're going to be talking about the latest edition of Black Sad from Dark Horse Comics. And that's going to be this coming week, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you haven't read Black Sad, it's, it's an incredible a uh, book edited from Dark Horse, is a European comic, um, anthropomorphic animals and a neo noir detective. Not <laughs> neo noir, actually, it's just noir detective story. And uh, looking forward Wait to talking. Kitty cat. Looking forward to talking about that. Have you read it yet? No. Okay, I'm very excited for you to get to it. You'll see why. Okay. And then is Kang in it? Kang is not in it, but okay. it's 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 possibly the real world version <laughs> of Kang. I'm already disappointed. And then uh, the week after. Is we should have our blood show, uh, which uh, Josh and Ron and I will talk about. Uh, the things we watched over the break and not sure what else. We haven't really gone through over the rundown yet. But we'll, that will be coming in the next two weeks. So, Bluxplode, media MediaSplode
1: in this month. All right. We're back at it. It's fine. Whatever. You can find our 1,200-plus shows still growing over at ifanboy.com or wherever it is that you want to listen to podcasts... you know, when people say like the pod when they're talking about their show, mm-hmm. I hate that. Follow us at Comics <laughs> on Instagram. and uh, Any other random the- <laughs> musings? No, I was just thinking about it. Like, I, there's a show I've been listening to I really like, and they are be like, oh, yeah, he was on the pod. And I'm like, fuck off. I just, I, I like, it's a thing with me, and it's only getting worse as I get older, is that there's phrases that come up, and I don't like them. Because well, it's, they're it's, new. The,
0: it's the second generation of podcasters who really do that. Yeah, they've made it sort of a cutesy thing. I don't even really like the word podcast. I just try no. to use the word show. But yes, the, it's it's definitely the next generation. Like we were the first generation, right? But, but and the next language, generation made it cutesy. It's just like I hate it.
1: Language is supposed to do that. It's what happens. Yeah, it's, it's totally fine. natural. Whatever. We, I'm sure, words that we use all the time to people 50 years old, and I was like, "That's ridiculous." I don't like it. It's a pet peeve of mine. It's my old man thing. There's nothing wrong with it. I just don't <laughs> like it. Anyway uh instagram find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out uh the best of the week in panels w- when that's a thing that happens yep. uh you can follow connor and i individually on instagram at cskelpatrick and ja flanagan uh and that's that
0: youtube.com slash ifanboys where you'll find all of our old video shows and you'll find uh this show every week eventually at some point it goes up sometimes there's technical problems and uh please consider leaving well, very a rarely rarely but sometimes please consider leaving a review or star rating on apple podcast or spotify wherever you listen to podcasts yes we're on spotify we've been on there for a while so if you don't know that you can listen there if you have a spotify account um, i think we're almost on amazon too i don't know a lot I mean, of places are going spotify. into, into uh, podcasting and we're 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 there we are there if we're, if we're not somewhere where you are let us know and we'll get on there too yeah but consider leaving yeah. this review it's a w- way to help the show we thank you for doing that and that's it for this week's show. And Josh made it all the way.
1: I did. Hey, you know what? That reminds me, and I know it's just the end of it and, and and we should be, but uh I had to go last week because yeah. of my job. Uh-huh. And uh I have one of those now, which makes life a heck of a lot better. Um, but I said it before and I won't keep doing it, but like I found boy, you, you did this for me. Like you collectively, somebody specifically, but also several other people. And uh I will always be grateful for that. And I think it's amazing. I, I, it's a fine community. It's a fine. It's an group amazing of folks. community. It's a fine Connor, group of folks. you said it, and it's just you, everything good that's happened to me has happened because of my fanboys. What yes. you said, and I was right. like, "Fuck, fuck, you're right." And I and and, and like it's it's just true. Like it's, that's why it
0: always makes me laugh when people say, "You guys don't like to do the show." You're you could not be more wrong. This whole yeah, I know. this whole it's experiment, uh, not only is the best part of our week, but has everything in our life that is good has come from this. Yeah, and so you know smash that like button
1: (laughs) what we're really looking for is whatever we can say to get you to subscribe (laughs) that's what we're out here for there's a bell at some point I don't know what that means
0: but oh the show's over so thanks for listening we'll be back next week until then I'm Connor I'm Josh Bikeson